Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two year contracts, they said, What the f are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey y'all, welcome back to Joan and the Savvy Podcaster. Episode 2, Background Research and the Three Ps. My name is Sailor Billings and I created the audio sitcom The Ark of Joan. But this next 10-part series is dedicated to creating and producing audio drama podcasts without, you know, breaking the bank. It's for independent podcasters. Those of us without network backing or financial backing from a broadcasting company. The blog associated with this podcast is located at thearcofjoan.blogspot.com. That's arc like A-R-C of joan.blogspot.com. And it has all the manuscripts for these podcasts because I'm fancy that way. And I'm going to be talking in this episode about pre-production planning, research, and budgets. So, as I've been outlining this series, I came to the realization that I needed to come up with a reference example. Um, So, let's say for a simple example, we're doing a 12-episode series at 30 minutes each of a completely new fictional series, like comedy, drama, whatever. 12 episodes with around four to six actors per episode. It'll be recorded remotely, meaning the actors will have their own ability to record and be able to send you a sound file. And we're going to call this show Betty's Day Out, and it will be produced for 12 weeks. So first off, there are two things that I cannot emphasize enough to you. And the first one is the more pre-production planning and learning that you do, the better your experience and your show is going to be. And the second thing is the more you learn, the less you're going to know. Hear me out. Let's say you do all your research on a specific editing software. You know, you've looked at it, you've downloaded the sample, and you've familiarized yourself with it, and you've read the reviews and you are just positive that, you know, audio awesome software is the perfect match for your needs. Um, Only to find out that after you've spent hours and hours editing that you can't use it because it requires some specific plugin that you can't download the whole program because of some weird torrent or it requires 20 gajillion memory bytes and then it locks up your computer and that happens, right? So my point is, always, always have a plan B. 
gather enough background knowledge to cobble together a plan B somehow. Like if plan A doesn't work, you can use this other plan or this other software. Um, Another example is, let's say you've got three people who can play all the parts for your show. That's perfect. But someone gets sick or they have a death in the family um, or they get a job on the other side of the country. I don't know. It happens. So what's your backup plan? Things change very fast in this industry, so you can never overplan. Um, there are three P's in my broadcasting, podcasting world. Um, pre-production, production, and publishing. Uh, the first thing I do in the pre-production phase is research, uh, which includes planning and listening for podcasting, I research everything, and if I were just starting out, I would hop on over to the BBC at bbc.co.uk, that's bbc.co.uk, and have a listen, because they are the be-all and end-all when it comes to audio fiction. I mean, they've been doing this stuff since, you know, before World War II. (laughs) Um, They have an app that's called uh, BBC Sounds that you can listen to almost all of their library dating back to, you know, the 1950s something, or the 1800s, I'm not sure. Uh, (laughs) Then I'd listen to some of uh, old-time radio shows like Gracie and George and, I don't know, The Shadow, Bonanza, whatever. Uh, Just listen really carefully to the sound effects and how they've used their musical interludes and the musical underscoring Uh, Notice how you can visualize what's happening. The older shows had, like, really no way of creating atmospheric soundscapes. So they'd do these really simple, sometimes, things. Like, they'd have an introduction basically saying, um, Picture this. It's Friday night outside Lulu's Bar on the docks of San Francisco, and Bob Schbob is cutting rough with the dock workers. (laughs) Then, like, you'd hear a (laughs) a barge horn and a wharf bell would ring. I mean, make it fun, but I love the simplicity of those shows. I mean, as a listener, it gave you everything you needed. The who, the what, the when, the where. And I think an important le- lesson for us in the current uh, podcasting audio drama world is, you know, they worked with what they had available to them. You have to listen to the dialogue and how exactly they were able to do the shows with like the least amount of exposition in their dialogue. Put that gun away, Jacko. Or they'd say like, um, tonight at the party we'll have some drinks, uh, but we'll need to leave early so we can blah, 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 you know. But the next thing you'd hear were the clinking of ice and drinks and some background music. And you'd know that the characters were at the next scene, which was that night at the party. But don't stop there. Um, There are really some fantastic uh, fiction shows out there right now. So I guess listening to the old versus the new shows kind of gives you an idea of where you want to go and what your limits are sound-wise for your show. Uh, So like, you know, what are some of the audio fiction trends that are happening? You know, what do you want to avoid that you don't like, really? You know, I'm not a big science fiction fan, and there's no judgment just a fact. Uh, I have a very low repertoire. Basically, pretty much starts and ends with Star Wars. 
But I can tell you that the sci-fi, you know, podcasting bunch are just on point when it comes to audio soundscapes and atmospheres. Fan or not, if I were just starting out, I would absolutely give a listen to a few episodes. Also, under this pre-production listening heading is to really kind of give a listen to everything around you. Like, what does the grocery store sound like? A Little League game. The difference between the sound you get when you're standing in a closet and in a high ceiling room. What are your atmospherics? An ambient background noise? Birds chirping? Crickets? Airplanes? Whatever. Basically, everything is pre-production. Casting, getting your technical equipment in, the microphones, your rig, your editing software, the sound effect elements, um, theme music, who your podcast host is going to be, whether you're going to website or not website, blog or not blog. Writing actually can be listed under pre-production, production, and publishing. Um, writing for actors, your audio scripts, and your editing scripts are completely two different types of writing. Um, the editing script is just going to be more technical. Like, Don't panic. <laughs> I'll get more into all of this in future episodes. <laughs> You know, each of these topics I'm going to take from pre-production to publishing. But right now, something that really gets overlooked is time management. For your pre-production, giving yourself deadlines can be really necessary. Taking each element, um, each topic, casting, you know, editing, uh, and give yourself strict deadlines in your research. Getting it in, like, what you think you're going to use you know, testing it. Is this right? Do you have to send it back? Do you have to get another one? In the first episode, I mentioned the rabbit holes you can go down when you're researching. And if you are new to this, then everything is a potential pitfall. Giving yourself deadlines is one way to counter this effect. So far as the listening, the first step, it's a bit of a habit you can pick up or you can just make a playlist or try to get in the habit of taking things in You know, a lot of podcasting shows will put, like, in the show notes. Not everyone uses show notes, but sometimes you'll see words like Shore 57 or Sound Bible or T-Rex 52, Cat Butt, whatever. I know I use Shore 57 microphones a lot in this example, and I'm not promoting them, I swear to you. I I just, it's a very common microphone. But once you familiarize yourself with the names of all of these things, the sound effects catalogs, the uh, editing equipment... Um, you'll start to recognize that the podcaster is sharing what equipment they use. And they're giving credit to anything that they've received for free um, to help make the podcast. And looking at the show notes of shows that you like might help you put together your show. So while you're still in the pre-production mode and getting all these things in and making sure that you have the equipment you're going to need you need to get out a calendar. And this is not something you're going to see in the technical um, websites I talked about in episode one. Um, But this is a very good idea to do. Uh, You need to get a calendar and set a publishing date. Say you're going to publish, uh, your first show is going to be published on uh, October 1st, which is a Monday. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. The next 11 consecutive Mondays uh, will be your publishing day. Uh, some people, you know, they wait until they have all their episodes finished before publishing, which is totally fine. I just do it a different way. Um, and either way, you'll need to kind of keep an eye on your time management. But using that October 1st date, uh, you need to start working backwards. So are you going to do two months of production, which is recording and editing all 12 30-minute episodes in August and September? Then you'd have to have the scripts finished a couple weeks ahead of time because you don't want to drop the scripts on the actors the night before uh, and expect a good performance from them. Um, Some actors, they need a table read for each episode. So what I did with that on The Ark of Joan was I would sit and FaceTime or Zoom with the actors and I would just read the opposite parts for them so that they knew where their characters needed to be mentally and emotionally in their performance. There are a lot of factors that are happening all at once during your recording phase and your production phase. So having a schedule, and it doesn't absolutely mean that you have to stay so tight to your schedule, but as long as you have it have the bones of one it'll help keep you on track it doesn't matter too terribly much how you do your schedule um, just that you keep at it but for me I like to work month ahead of time of my publishing date so if I publish Betty's Day Out like four times a month that means the first four scripts I'm going to have recorded and edited and the whole shebang all the episodes done no later than September 1st Um, So basically I get four in the bag before I start publishing. And a lot of podcast hosts, they'll let you pre-publish with the exact dates of the episodes to go live. 
And by working a month ahead, it gives me some breathing room while you're in production because you have all those moving parts going on. Also, it is just inevitable that something along the way is going to go wrong, no matter how perfect your master plan is. So now, if you're publishing a month ahead of time, you'll have time to figure it out without panicking. And that'll give you flexibility during your production phase. Uh, Some people will plan out and make really great flow charts for this, but I don't. I basically just get four in the bag and I get them loaded onto my host because the host will let you, some will let you pre-publish. And then I have the next two episodes written and sent out to the cast. So in the pre-production phase, give yourself hard deadlines for your research and learning as much as possible and acquire your tools, your mics and editing equipment. And then in your production phase, you can work ahead of the hard publishing deadlines, giving yourself that flexibility um, and still sticking to your your production schedule, which is something that when you get an audience, they're going to expect that show to be in their, their feed on Monday. So you don't want to let it, let them down. And also real quick here, I wanted to say something about budgets um, and professional editing services. When I first started out, I literally couldn't find an editor to hire. And when I did, it ended badly um, because they didn't know back then about stitching. Um, They were basically people who just mastered, did mastering work for sound. I went through four editors before I just basically taught myself how to audio edit in GarageBand. And then later I learned in Adobe. And now, 14 years later, I look at the on the internet, and there's a whole new industry for it. I mean, you can hire podcast editors, <laughs> but they're a price list, you know, and well-deserved price list uh, for various services, and there's, they've got service menus. And honestly, some of them are really reasonable, considering the amount of work they have to put in. So, I mean, if you've got that kind of money... Uh, then you want to invest in this, then go for it. Um, Stitching together a podcast can be an absolute nightmare. Um, It is long and it's tedious and it's fun and your hands get crampy, but, you know, it can be rewarding too. Also, uh, beware of the price per hour an editor charges because it can add up really quick. Plus, you've got 12 episodes to pay for, and if you're paying for the technical, why would you not pay for your actors? Um, Without actors, you have no show. And if you've got the money to invest in that to make it technically impeccable and a professional show, then you really, really should get Betty out into the world. Then you need to put money into your marketing budget. So Betty could easily start costing you at a minimum of about $1,000 per episode. Plus you've got 12 episodes. That's $12,000. Plus you've got your podcast host costs. And the smart move here, of course, would be to help offset these costs um, by advertising and uh, put into the episodes, uh, the advertising dollars and the current rate of return is at the very best $50 per thousand listens. And it's more like $35 unless you've got a recognizable or a famous name attached. So you have to get around 300,000 downloads to just get that $12,000 back. It gets ridiculous, right? And uh, just FYI, if you get 50 downloads slash subscribers per episode in the fictional story podcasting world, then you are doing really well. You know, this is just an estimate and a back end of the envelope calculation. But my point is, you're going to have a lot of costs uh, to cover. And I'm all for supporting the new editor industry. I really am. 
However, remember the really tedious and hard part of editing is stitching, which is lining up voice actors' tracks and with the sound effects and the ambience and the atmosphere, and making sure every voice actor's track has the same outputs. I mean, you can teach yourself how to remove lip smacks and noise reduction and basically clean up audio in like 15 minutes. At any rate, you're going to have to put together a budget. And it's really going to be less of a traditional budget, that is like money coming in and going out, as it's going to be your wallet hemorrhaging. (laughs) So if you're on a serious low-cost budget, I would really recommend the beg, borrow, and steal format. Less of the stealing, however, because nobody likes a low-cost budget thief. Let's call it the beg, borrow, and trade format. You know, except for the hard tools, you know, microphones, computer. Everything you see for sale that is way out of your budget, you can find either for free or at least, you know, low cost. Maybe used, but low cost. Gosh, you can make spit screens, uh, or I think they're called pop screens now, you know, by taking a you know a pair of pantyhose and wrapping it around a coat hanger. You know, blankets can be used as sound dampeners. You can actually sit in your closet and do it. Uh, you can trade with your actors by offering, you know, to put together a voiceover for their auditions in, you know, a tight and well-produced format in return for their much-appreciated labors. My point here is, on budgets, is outline in your pre-production all of the elements costs. Everything you're going to have to spend money on, even that you don't know that you're going to spend money on. Make a wish list and a need list with three rows, a big budget, low budget, your budget, and then start hunting and gathering. You might want to think about what you're in this pre-production phase, what you want your editing booth to look like. Like right now I'm sitting in my office, right? (laughs) And I've got a curtain around me. So that's my sound booth. Uh, It can be that simple. That's it for now. Next week's episode, we'll go through the pre-production writing. And if you haven't been told yet, I hope you have a great rest of your day. This series was created by Billy Bat Productions using the helpful resources from Audacity. Freesound.org, freemusicarchive.org, and music is from johnbarton.fma.org.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.